I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Danny Roth. This is Song vs. Song, and today we are going to get funky. Are we? I am doing my funky dance right now, and I assure you, you can't see it, but it is uh, sufficiently funky. It's actually a video podcast, <laughs> and by that I mean I tape everything and then save it for later use. Okay, don't... Okay, we'll delete all this. We're, we're starting Wait. over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, I, you know what's really funny? Um, so the, say what the two songs are, and then I'm going to tell you what I thought about immediately. Okay, our, our funk song versus song is... Uh, 1972, Stevie Wonder, Superstition, versus, from 1975, Earth, Wind, and Fire's Shining Star. Hey, do you remember, uh, maybe a month or so ago? Uh, you, say that you remember. You, you, <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire. So you said to me, hey, do you really think it's a good idea to pit Fiona Apple against Alanis Morissette? Won't that be a blowout because Alanis Morissette was the much bigger star at the time? Do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. Ha, ha, ha. And it was actually pretty competitive. Yes. Yes. I just want to remind you that for this episode, the one we're doing right now, Mm -hmm. you decided to take poor Earth, Wind, and Fire and pit them against Stevie fucking Wonder. Are you out of your mind? I mean, these are both great songs. But you had to know that people, when they vote, shoot from the hip nine times out of ten. I'm so angry. I am so angry at the disrespect in the comments. Oh, my God. Like, all I'm going to say is I, I don't actually look at the scores, but I do look at the comments. And basically all the comments were, this was a fucking blowout. And I am not surprised because one of the two options was Stevie Wonder. Okay. I... We'll say this. Uh, I'm not saying like there was any chance. Like superstition is like considered like one of those you know ten out of ten like high on the like top 100 ever like higher than number 40. And maybe I should have thought of that. I did not realize everyone was like going to be like, "What's shining star?" It kind of got forgotten. It's not really their big hit anymore. Because as if it was their big hit, it was their biggest signature hit for the longest time, and I, I I realize that September has definitely overtaken it sometime in the past ten years. Yeah, but I did not think this would be an an uneven matchup by by any means whatsoever. These are both great songs. These are great ten out of ten songs as far as I'm concerned, and I am shocked and overwhelmed and angry. All right, so then with that in mind, you say the name of these two songs. Without thinking, just pure instinct, where do you go? Which do you lean towards? I will be entirely honest. When I came up with it, I would, it would have been like a 51 to 49% split, but I think I would have picked Superstition. When I thought about it for like five minutes, I was like, no, I think I like Shining Star a little better. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll accept that as an answer. Yeah. Five minutes is like the five second rule of song versus song. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. I just decided that right now. Now we know how the rules work on song okay. versus song. We find out something new every episode. So when you say first instinct, we got five minutes to decide what my first instinct is. Okay. There you go. Yeah. That's, that's fair. I'll give you five minutes. Why? Superstition is basically one groove. And it's, the, it's all that needs, to be clear. It is the all it needs because it's the great greatest groove in history, but there is just like I don't know I, I I like how messy Shining Star is. There's a lot going on in it, 
and I've always been kind of uh, leaned towards stuff that is a little a, a little crazier. Like we're, we're going to do this one eventually, and I'm going to say I'm going to spoil it. What I'm going to say, but I would pick Love Shack over Groove Is in the Heart, even though Groove Shack, even Groove Is in the Heart, is like one of the greatest songs of like the '90s. But We'll we'll get to that somewhere down the road when people are forgotten. I said that. Yes, yeah, so I'm <laughs> I'm saving myself for later. I'm saving yeah. myself for marriage. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll I'll talk about it later. Okay, yeah. but I don't know. There is just so many hooks to Shining Star, and I will tell you there is exactly one moment that like put it over the top for me. It's the solo right after the first chorus. It, it starts with the keyboard. Then the guitar kicks in like like starts shredding like Eddie Van Halen and that that is the moment that put it over the top for me why what did you pick well again one of these songs is written and almost entirely performed every <laughs> instrument by Stevie Wonder uh so I went with superstition mm-hmm. um because Stevie Wonder clavinet and I mean, like, come on. Yeah. It just, that's it. You can say whatever you want that it's, it's largely just that one groove. But the thing about that song is that yeah. by its very nature, it's got this one thing. And then when Stevie Wonder goes out on the road, mm-hmm. he can proceed to do that song for 20 billion years. <laughs> he can just spend the whole concert doing that one and improv it for the whole show, and it will never get old. Yeah. And that is the reason why, between the two of them, I'll take superstition. Also, I'm an extremely superstitious person. Did you know that? Yeah, wait, yes, I did know that. That's right. That's like my really weird thing. When my anxiety is very high, uh, uh-huh. I become extremely afraid of the number 13. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do avoid ladders, and mm-hmm. I will not step on a crack. Uh, yeah. Because sometime in the 1990s, I did, and then Bane broke Batman's spine. <laughs> oh, no! You, it was you. It's true. You broke Batman. My mother is Batman. (laughs) So anyway, um, so yeah, I mean like that song is in fact about superstitions to a, to a degree. Um, and so I, I I kind of have a weird fondness for it on that level too. But yeah, I just, you know, I'll tell you, let me say this. If you listen to Shining Star first, Mm -hmm. right? You just listen to that song. Uh, you will go. Truly, it's 2019. What a bop, mm-hmm. right? Um, that song is great. Love it. Mm-hmm. This is clearly one of the best songs of the 1970s. One of the most danceable songs. It's really enjoyable. Really great. Uh, mm-hmm. Very upbeat. Yes. Wonderful. What could ever compare with this? <laughs> but then you listen to Superstition by Stevie Wonder and go, <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, Hmm. fucking forget it (laughs) this song is inhumanly good truly one of the greatest songs ever written one of the greatest things to happen in recorded human history period shining star is nice that's it so that was you know i mean that was that's that sort of that's you know that's sort of where i landed also you know as i went back and said well listen i'll listen to the two of them but Hmm. let's um let's talk about the history of these songs they both kind of have Interesting backstories, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, do you want Do you want to talk about them? They've got like really bad luck. That's a bad. That's a hard luck band. Uh, what, which part do you do you mean here? Uh, like, I mean in, in as as I mean so in one way they managed to duck bad luck, but mm-hmm. 
I would say specifically with regard to film. Uh, it's a it's a funny thing. Oh my God! Yes, they were they were in two films in the seventies. I yes, they were <laughs> one in which they were never paid. Oh, which one is that? Um, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. Oh well, then we're we're talking about three three movies now. Oh, okay, Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. I haven't seen. It's the like it, the first black exploitation. It is the film. very first black exploitation film technically ever made. They mm-hmm. wrote the theme song for it, and as far as I know, they never got paid for it, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, were very pissed off forever. Yeah, they uh, and they were they did not really have any hits before this. They were like the previous album before um, Shining Star. They got like they managed to creep a little in the top twenty, and they were uh, pretty big on the R and B charts. And uh, but before our story begins, before Shining Star, they are not really known to to many people. They had a different name, Salty Peppers, right? That's I, I think they had changed it by the like the early seventies when we get to sweet sweet bags. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. but they were salty peppers back in the day when it was you know yeah. when it first started. It was really the like they had a a, a sort of an ongoing roster, mm-hmm. right? A bit of a a revolving door for a minute, mm-hmm. but it was so it was primarily Maurice White's band, right? Like, right, Maurice White, the percussionist. Yes, and- if we have our comparison to to Stevie Wonder in Earth, Wind, and Fire, it's it's mm-hmm. Maurice White is the one. You know, he's the guy. Yeah, um, he's the shining star. He is, no matter who you are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he um, he had had sort of a revolving door of folks, and he went, I think, to like the West Coast mm-hmm. and uh, and and locked in the rest of the members, and uh, they did this song for a, a movie starring Harvey Keitel. They they no, they did the whole uh, soundtrack. Yeah, for- and it became uh, discovered pretty quickly that this movie was not good. Uh, can I tell you something? Go ahead. Uh, last night, I found out it was uh, free to watch on one of those uh, uh, movies with ad apps like Crackle. I You're know so it... responsible. <laughs> you did the work. Did you watch it? Yes, I did. How was it? Not very good. So they uh, were so 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 not just a, I had a read like the shitty Beatles, not just a clever name. <laughs> no, um, well, the, the the movie's called That's the Way of the World and Earth, Wind and Fire in it like Harvey Keitel is uh, like their manager and the uh, record company is forcing them to like ah, put them on the back burner. We're going to make a, you know, this hot new record with this hot new like family band. They're like the Carpenters or like the Partridge family or something. And they suck so hard. And it's like, no, I want to get back. And then like they get forced apart. And then at the end, Harvey tells like, no, I figured out a way out of my contract so I can bring back Earth, Wind and Fire. And but like so they're like at the very beginning and the very end of the movie, like you barely know anything about Earth, Wind and Fire. And they're called the group in the. They're a group called the group. I mean, I don't, I don't see why they couldn't have been Earth, Wind, and Fire. But like Earth, Wind, and Fire is the only reason to watch the movie, and they're not really in it. Here's what I'll say in yeah. response: um, the group is yeah. a dumb name, but is it any dumber than the the? <laughs> also, a band or the, the, the band. band? Yes. So it's fine. You can't really. The group is no <laughs> more or less stupid than those names. They do this soundtrack that's they're going to be like that's going to do what for them what Superfly did for Curtis Mayfield and other soundtracks have done for other people. They watch the movie, they realize that it is going to uh, it's going to bomb. I'm not sure what exactly they thought was terrible about it, but I think the fact that it starred mostly white people, so like this wasn't going to find an audience because it was like a black exploitation adjacent movie. It's like oh, there's there's only white people in this. That's this not is, a thing. Yeah. Black well, exploitation it's, adjacent is not a thing. Well, it's from, the, like, it's from like a black exploitation studio, but it's 
Ah, black exploitation for the whites. Yeah. Thank goodness. Sur- surprise. This this did not find an audience. And they were like, oh, geez. And they were like, hey, producer, director, I know you don't realize it, but this movie is going to bomb hard. We would like to take our name off. Like, all the shares we have in your, uh, in your movie, we'd like to trade them back for the shares in our soundtrack, please. And I was like, okay, you're a loss. This, this is going to be a hit right to the top, baby. And, of course, it bombed immediately. So they have, like, a soundtrack album that's not really a soundtrack. If you look, like, in the tiny corner of the sleeve, it'll say, from the original motion picture, that's the way of the world. And the, the soundtrack takes off immediately. The movie disappears, and no one remembers it. I think it only got, like, a DVD release, like, last year. It's, uh, yeah, I think it probably, Shining Star has about as important an attachment to that movie as, um... All Star by Smash Mouth <laughs> does to Mystery Men. Got him. I like yeah. Mystery Men for the record, but still. Yeah, All Star has uh, divorced itself from Mystery Men. Anyway, and, uh, not, so, and not an amicable divorce either. But this is so. This is this is just Maurice White. He just wrote a song. He wanted to write a song about. Uh, he literally was looking out at some shining stars, and thought. The world needs some some good shit in it, and like he's got he's he's like a he's like into like mysticism. That's his whole oh, you know, that's see, his whole beat. He's very superstitious. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not funny. No, but like this is like something I realized. Like superstition is a very anti superstition song, and I put it up against like the most new agey of the of funk songs that it's ever written. In fact, Earth, Wind, and Fire itself, the name is like a, a uh, astrology thing. Like Maurice White's astrological sign is an earth sign and a wind sign and a fire, or an air sign and a fire sign. Not a water sign. That's why we only have three of the four elements. I have never really thought to ask what this song is even about. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, I see. It's just a, it's just a very happy song. It's just a very happy song about being, uh, being your best self and you feeling great and new agey shit like that. Yeah, that was and, it. It was and just crystals you know, if you, and if you, astrology. If you, put, if you put the stuff like that out into the world, if that mm-hmm. you know, if they're going to go out on tour and they're going to play something, mm-hmm. uh, they want it to be something like this because it's good for your mind, body, and soul. It's good for you in the life and in the afterlife and that type of stuff. You know, yeah, it's that sort of thing. It's a uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Bullshit, but <laughs> not, but nice bullshit. You know, what I mean, like much if, like astrology. If you've got to if you've got to subscribe yourself to some type of bullshit. It should be the podcast song versus song, but secondly, it should be this this nice, touchy feely, hopey changey, you know, Barack Obama speech type <laughs> of song. You know, man, sh- a- why, why wasn't "Shining Star" a song that Barack Obama used on the campaign trail, or did he? He probably did. It, it wouldn't surprise me. Wait a minute, I know exactly why. Because there is already a person for which this song is inexorably tied. Who? What? Elaine. <laughs> yes, of course. Yes. We're talking Elaine Bennis from the hit 90s sitcom Seinfeld. Yes. Seen filed? <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't reached that episode yet. I'm watching it for the first time. But this is the thing. When oh, I but think, I have seen this scene, yes. When I, when I think of this song, one of the very first things I think of is the, is the Elaine dance. Yes. You know, Seinfeld, a show from the 90s that uh, defined culture for some reason. 
Maybe Elaine Bennis dancing is what killed it. I mean, let, let's be clear here. Our audience is pretty white. Who? What? I don't know. I got one comment on here. It's like, I've never heard of this song, Shining Star. But to be clear, I am white. Sweet, fancy <laughs> Moses. That's the, that's the thing that George Costanza says in response to the, <laughs> the Elaine dance. But also really sums up my feelings on this. Again, I never really, I, I can't really put it on, on the, the listenership. Whenever yeah. I find out that uh, there's, there's uh, a Wonder Bread level to, to the audience, I think, that's, yeah. our, that's our fault. Yeah. <laughs> that's, where, that, that, that's, a, that's a revelation. Shockingly, I have failed to attract a black audience. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, it can, it's, is, it really, is it you? I'm, yeah. But you, could, you could blame it on the rain. You could yeah. blame it on the boogie. <laughs> a lot of things you could do. A lot of, a lot of places the blame could fall. Uh, but all right. So yeah. what else, what else, what else is there to know about that song other than that? It was a pretty big hit. Like that was a big, know. it was like a number one hit in 1975, right? Yeah. Number one hit. It's their only number one hit. That's they, so weird. That's why it's their signature song. Even though I think September has overtaken it. I, I got a lot of comments on, on here. It was like shining star. No way. Now, if it were, um, boogie wonderland, now that's the jam. If it were, let's groove. That's the jam. If it were September, obviously I got a lot of comments on that one. I don't know. Yeah. I think this is. I do think this is still their best song. Oh yeah, that that part where they they all disappear. It's like shining star for you to see what your life can truly be, and it's mixed so well, and you can hear it all in there. Yeah, like it, it feels like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Like like I said, Shining Star. There's a lot more going on in it than superstition. Um, well, it should be because Earth, Wind, and Fire is like thirty people. Like you see them on stage, and there's like, how how do any of these people even get paid? Like, does like the bass player only get like five dollars? Like, how is anyone making money off of this? Their their live shows were great for the record, though. I have something to say about that, what? and I'll say it later. You gotta you gotta earn it. Okay, okay. You, gotta, you have to earn this one. All right. Um, let's talk. I, the, the, yeah, go ahead. And Earth, Wind, and Fire. I forgot to mention they do uh, perform it, Shining Star in the movie. Well, we don't hear it. We see the DJ say, you know, and now here's a song from Earthwind, from the group, excuse me. The group. The, like, the, the band. And the, the, the radio DJ is like, he's like, you know, he's like a smooth soul brother type. He's like, here's a song to make your back crack, your knees freeze, and your liver quiver. I don't want my liver to quiver. <laughs> I, I, that already so happens enough from the alcoholism. <laughs> it's so funky. Your knee, okay, your knees will freeze, but your liver will quiver. Yeah, wait, that seems like... The opposite of what you want a funk song to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know what? I just want my liver to be okay. Yeah. The knees can go. You want, you want your knees to move, but you want your liver to sit there. Yeah, yeah, I just want it to stay pretty much resolutely... Not like solid like a rock, again, you know? Yeah. But uh, we're spending a lot of time talking about my liver. <laughs> well, it'll also make your back crack. So maybe it wasn't you that uh, broke Batman. Maybe it was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fuck Earth, Wind, and Fire. No. Um, uh, so, uh, that's, that's great. Mm-hmm. Can we talk for a minute about Stevie Wonder? We can talk for quite a bit about Stevie Wonder, my friend. Child prodigy Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. 11 years old, becomes Motown's premier hit writer. Well, I mean, he had written like one really big. He was like consistently writing songs in the top 10 for them. Yeah. He had uh, one number one hit like as like a 12-year-old. Yeah. But... He basically signed a deal with Motown as a child. It was a 10-year deal. 
wherein they would put his money into a trust and give him a bit of a stipend. But otherwise, he kind of had no control over himself or his career Mm -hmm. until he turned 21. That was the deal he made. A terrible deal. But when you're a kid, I guess you just don't know. Yeah. But so basically, he he proceeded to make a bunch of top 10 hits for for them. And he knew the best hits of the 60s. And uh, he's, you know, pretty well known as being this incredibly talented guy. He's Mm -hmm. writing songs for other people. Uh, He's doing this thing where, in addition to writing songs, he's also taking the time to learn how to play like every fucking instrument. Yes, every single one. Like a true virtuoso. And uh, he gets to 1971, turns 21, and goes, uh, hey, would love to say it, Motown. Big Mm -hmm. fan. However, about that contract, (laughs) we gonna change it. And they went for it. I mean, he changed everything about the deal. He basically said, you know, I have final say on everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I get a larger percentage of anything that I write. You don't get to fuck with anything that I do. Uh, you're just going to sit down, shut the fuck up, and be glad that Stevie Wonder is on your label. That was basically the agreement that he wanted them to make. Mm-hmm. And they fucking made it, and it was a good deal. Yeah. Um, like I said, Shining Star is Earth, Wind, and Fire's like, big coming out. And that's not quite the same for Stevie because he'd been around for like a decade at that point when he made Superstition. But it is like coming out for him as the genius. Like his Motown stuff in the 60s, they're good. They're very good. Don't get anything wrong. But like the, the four albums he made starting with Talking Book in 1972, they are like what his legacy is built off of. This is like Stevie Wonder, the genius. Well, also maybe though the album before Talking Book, Music of My Mind, but Talking Book is generally where it starts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the thing that eventually gets you to the songs in the key of life, and you know, I yeah. mean, like, forget. It. I mean, the Stevie Wonder is is. I mean, I don't think that I'm saying anything controversial here. Both one of the greatest musicians, one of the greatest singers, and one of the greatest songwriters in the history of human creation. That oh, yeah. like like there's there are there are very few you know like how many better singers can you think of I guess that Blue Alien from the Fifth Element you know <laughs> but like other than that Stevie the Wonder's kind of Blue Alien from Eif- Eiffel sixty five yeah but other than that <laughs> but other than that Stevie Wonder is kind of number one and um, Superstition is yeah is definitely one of these these hit songs I think that when you think of him this is probably like in your top three songs that you probably think of when you think of Stevie Wonder. Like it's it's for most people it's like the top one probably like I, like I said like I've I watched all those VH1 and the Rolling Stones things like greatest rock songs of all time and uh, there's usually only because 100 is not a very large number so there's only one Stevie Wonder song on there generally and it's always superstition it's always superstition just like the one Elton song is your song and the one Bowie song is Space Oddity like the one Stevie song is always superstition it's the his highest most beloved song. It's also his like the hardest song he ever wrote. It's like the funkiest, like nastiest song he ever wrote. Like that that beat and the clavinet that's in there. Uh, there's like the reason why it's very hard to replicate is because it's like eight different things. Yeah, that that's he's insane. Doing at once. A, yeah, I was like, like people would come up like Stevie. I can't figure out how to play this. I'm. It is very hard for me to tell what is happening on a clavinova anyway, because that's a very. We- I mean, a clavinet anyway, because that's a weird instrument. It kind of sounds like. To me, it always kind of like sounded like the bagpipes, like 
you can tell like if you're doing it right, it sounds great, but I can never quite figure out what's musically going on in there. But it's yeah, yeah. So all right. So the thing to know about this song, and I mean, I think this is probably mostly generally well known. But in case yeah. you're hearing it for the first time, mm-hmm. uh, "Superstition" was not supposed to be a Stevie Wonder song. No, it was supposed to be a Jeff Beck song. Jeff Beck came in uh, and was involved with this record in general, uh, yeah. and came in for this particular session. He put down the drum beat for this, mm-hmm. and Stevie Wonder was like, "Great, keep that going. I'm gonna just riff." for a minute and see what I can come up with and then just wrote the fucking song. Right. Uh, you know, like, it is on ins- the spot. It is insane to me that he can just like do that on the spot. It's just like, I'm just goofing around and I write this amazing riff. Like it did come from nowhere. Can you like, imagine? So here's, here's the thing. Do you ever think about what superpower you want? <laughs> because if you have, I want to put this as a as as a thing that people should list as an option, there's a lot of you know like you know like the idea of being able to transport anywhere, shape shift, yada yada. There's a lot of you know there's a lot of good ones. But what about this as a specific one? What if you could time travel, but when you time traveled, you would be invisible, mm-hmm. and you could only time travel to moments of greatness and bear witness to them? How amazing would it be as a superpower? To go and be a, a like a fly on the wall, no one could see you. You wouldn't influence it, but just witness Stevie Wonder with Jeff Beck write Superstition on the spot to watch it happen. That would be just the most amazing thing. And for the record, Stevie Wonder, like most people have said, yeah, Jeff Beck like wrote what was it, the drums or the something, and Stevie Wonder says like, no, I I, I wrote it all. Well, other people it. who were in the session say he's like Jeff Beck had added like one element, like the drums or something like that. Stevie says, I did it all. This is why the superpower would come in handy. Yeah, wouldn't it? So this is, I, you know what? I had, I had already had a dumb new metric that I was going to come up with, but this yeah. is like a metric I've come up with like in the moment, in the moment, which mm-hmm. is of the two songs, which if you, you can only go back in time and witness one's creation, which one would you rather witness? Yeah. I guess it'd have to be superstition, but, 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 let me say, I just watched. A little film called That's the Way of the World. <laughs> yes, go on. And there's a, you know, the bulk of that movie is Harvey Keitel, the record producer, trying desperately to turn this garbage band and their garbage song into something vaguely useful. And they, by the end of it, it actually starts sounding pretty decent. And I think uh, Maurice White or whoever produces Earth, Wind, and Fire's records are, is the actual guy who made that. And I was like, if Earth, Wind, and Fire can do this for this terrible wannabe Partridge family, it's like I would lo- kill to see them actually compose. In All that- right, that's fair. Yes, completely fair. Um, speaking of uh, of of a white guys in positions of power in the music industry, yeah. Barry Gordy. Barry, uh, Barry Gordy is not white. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> it's a joke. Um, okay. So Barry Gordy, there's a, so there's like a so um, a whole thing about him is that. He was not going to let the deal happen. The deal was that Stevie Wonder was supposed to write this song for Jeff Beck, this song being Superstition. And the story goes that Barry Gordy basically was like, what's go? Oh, is there a problem with Jeff Beck having a problem with the other people he's recording with a delay in his record being released? (laughs) You say, well, darn the luck. Stevie put the song out. Yeah, put your version of the song out first, and that was and and Stevie. I think you know, like I'm. Not, I don't want to paint him as some doe-eyed innocent, 
you know. Yes. Uh, I think well, we don't know what his eyes look like, but well, yikes. <laughs> Buddy. Anyway, um, I think what happened for the most part, though, is Barry Gordy thought this is way too big of a hit and I don't want Jeff Beck to have the the first crack at it. So we're going to put it out. And Jeff Beck and Stevie Wonder uh, apparently had some words about it at some point. Like Jeff Beck said some stuff and Stevie Wonder did not like it. Yeah, well, you know, from what I understand, like the the official story is, you know, Stevie Wonder had the right to make the records he want, but like Motown is releasing it, so Motown will decide. Right. What so gets they released. decided when it got released. That yeah. was not. I don't think that was initially supposed to be the first hit. But Barry Gordy looked at it and was like, "That's going out today." Yeah. Today. <laughs> and Jeff Beck is. It turned out most of his stuff got cut from from the record. Also, he's on like one song. Yeah. Uh, and have you heard it? Because he does eventually. He did eventually release his version. Of Superstition. Yeah, it came out like a year later. Did you hear it? Yes, I did. It's not bad. No, it's quite good. And in fact, uh, one of my favorite uh, songs, I don't talk about this much, is uh, Always on the Run by Lenny Kravitz. And I listened to uh, Jeff Beck's Superstition, and I was like, oh my God, this Lenny Kravitz entirely ripped off this version, ripped off Jeff Beck. Wow. It is like a straight ripoff. Don't, please don't come for us, Lenny Kravitz. (laughs) Oh no. We've Uh, we've all seen your dick. It's very big and you could slap us in the face with it. Please don't. (laughs) Uh, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a, it's good. It's not funk. It's, it's a rock song, but it's good. And I mean, yeah. you know, the thing about Stevie wonder is that part of his success, um, mm-hmm. for better or worse is that he was pretty good at appealing to all audiences yes. uh, and had, you As know, I had, had, had torn, toured with the Rolling Stones and, and all this type of stuff. Well, like superstition is close to a rock song itself already. Mm hmm. Because it, it goes so hard. Like, it's like the hardest funk he ever made. I guess maybe Higher Ground is in that conversation, too. I appreciate how... And he always goes hard when he plays it, too. <laughs> and the reason that you know that's true is because uh, there's a really great performance uh, of him playing it on Sesame Street. <laughs> and it's like a six-and-a-half-minute breakdown <laughs> version live Whole, you know, I mean, they, you know, they have famous people come on Sesame Street all the time now, but it's always this pre-recorded like parody version of songs that they've yes. done. No, 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 no. He just does superstition as it as it was recorded, but because he's Stevie Wonder, you know, for an extra three minutes uh, <laughs> worth of just breakdown. You know, like for this is for children. Children don't have that long an attention span. Oh, but the, <laughs> but if you look at the music video, the yeah. kids are just going fucking nuts. Just shaking their heads, their whole bodies quaking. Uh, you know, like 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 they're in the pews, and God is speaking directly to their brain. It's wild. You know, I I, I meant to look this one up because I did was reading about it. And I forgot to, but I'm kind of imagining just like Oscar the Grouch doing like the Stevie Wonder <laughs> head bob <laughs> with with the with the glasses. Oh, like uh, fun fact: if you I because I play piano, like. If I ever do that when my eyes are closed, your head starts, you know, swaying like that automatically. It was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I'm Stevie Wonder. No, you're not. I'm nowhere close to Stevie Wonder. I cannot do any of the things he does. So, yeah, so the song came out and was a big hit at the end. Uh, yeah. But there are a lot of things that we can say. Um, one thing I would like to point out uh, while we're talking about Jeff Beck covering Superstition what, what 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 should we say about some of the more famous covers of both of these songs? More famous covers. So here's here's by by, that, not, by, not, by that I mean like the of the covers, the ones that are known. So there, I feel that there are certain covers of these songs that people are familiar with. So for example, Earth, Wind, and Fire, 
Shining Star was covered quite famously by the Christian metal band Striper. What? Oh, we're going to pause the podcast for a second (laughs) so that Todd can witness something truly magical. Oh, my God. Well, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, so imagine Steven Seagal has to go rough up some guys in a bar. (laughs) Uh, It's wonderful. And here's a fun fact about the song. Uh, Do you know who was the bassist on Striper's rendition of Shining Star? No, you you tell me. I don't want to guess. Why, that would be the longtime host of American Idol, Randy Jackson. Oh, yes, yes. I, I knew he played bass in a lot of rock bands. He played for Journey. Yep. I, was, I, I, was hope, I was scared you were going to say someone I respect, like Flea or somebody. But How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that this is good, but it is entertaining as hell. Oh, man. Well, speaking of covers, and like, I, I do have a so- spot, by the way, for like shitty Bill and Ted era funk rock. But yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to go there again in about a second. Actually, you know what? Why don't I build up to it? Where are you? Where are you? Where are we taking me? Oh, um, well, again, perhaps the greatest cover of Superstition, the one by Stevie Ray Vaughan. I don't know this one. Oh my God! I miss, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna put it on pause again. <laughs> okay, so that was uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan's cover of Superstition. Okay, I want to set the scene. Imagine Patrick Swayze is a bouncer. <laughs> and uh, he's in a at a bar, and there's a band playing. So, all right. So, look. Here's the so the conceit. So, the song is great because it's Stevie Ray Vaughan, and mm-hmm. it's a song written by Stevie Wonder. So, you, you can't like two Stevies for the price of one. You really can't go wrong. Um, you know, you've got one virtuoso and then another virtuoso. Mm-hmm. So, it's really you can't fucking lose. But the best thing about the song is not just that it's a great cover; it's the music video. And the conceit of the music video is Stevie Ray Vaughan wakes up. There's a black cat in his house. And he goes to perform the song up on a stage with his band. And the black cat has followed him there. And one by one, every member of the band is taken out in weird ways as a result of the black cat. And the only person that survives the performance is Stevie Ray Vaughan. And at the end, after everybody's dead except for Stevie Ray Vaughan, you hear somebody call to the cat, the good kitty, to come down to be in their arms. And who is it? Why, that would be Stevie fucking Wonder. (laughs) Who then sting, sings a couple of quick bars of Superstition, and that's how the music video ends. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Stevie Wonder kills Stevie Ray Vaughan's band in this, in this music video, and it's just outstanding. Just fucking amazing. Well, you want to talk about covers. I've learned so many covers from the comments section. Most of these people know, uh, well, I want to say most. I'll list the ones they told me about. One of them said, I know Shining Star from Muppets in Space. Oh, right. And there is a, uh, a cover of Shining Star after that. Um, one of them says, like, oh, I know, I can't remember which one he said. I know, I think it was Superstition from the Lizzie McGuire movie. The Lizzie McGuire movie? I, I'm Lizzie- going to say this. There is a, there is a bad cover of... Uh- of superstition, mm-hmm. but it's not a Lizzie McGuire, I don't think. I believe it is from the uh, Eddie Murphy film Haunted Mansion. 
<laughs> okay, I was thinking of Shining Star off the Lizzie McGuire movie. Okay, oh, okay. so Superstition was covered. Yeah, so, okay, well, you got to the Haunted Mansion one, so you beat me to that. Here we go. So let's have a quick discussion about why that's relevant to this podcast specifically. <laughs> so who is it, Todd, that does that song? Who is it? That would be the lovely Miss raven Simone. raven Simone, uh, in my household, holds a very strange place uh, in that my wife's name is Raven. Uh. So here's how that works. Without Raven Simone, she has a goth girl's name and people say, oh, quoth, quoth the Raven. Mm -hmm. And that's the dumb joke she's got to deal with her whole life. That's how it would have been. Mm -hmm. But instead, my wife has to endure something that I would argue is far worse, Mm -hmm. which is that anytime she does anything in a particular way, people will say, that's so Raven. Well, now that we know that this Raven Simone is on the Haunted Mansion, we can split the difference. She can be goth and be that so Raven. That's right. And, and, and by the way, when I say that people say that so Raven to my wife, I mean, I do it. <laughs> to the point that we had to make an agreement before we got married, and this is true, that I would only say it once a year. <laughs> a fact. And so in that way, Raven Simone, who has she made suffer more? My wife or me? <laughs> <laughs> One more uh, kids movie from the 2000s. Uh, Ruben Stuttered. Oh, God. Does a cover of Shining Star, a really terrible cover of Shining Star for the record. Uh, on the soundtrack of Mo- uh, Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. Ugh. No thanks. It feels like Superstition I mean, I would like, be the one you would, would put yeah. there. I like the, both the Scooby-Doo movies. I'm not going to lie. Like, that's, mm-hmm. I don't know how bold a statement that is anymore. I feel like most people came around on them. but like No, no one came around on them. What no, they're pretty about? good. Those no, are pretty they're, good. They're, they're terrible. You're like, wrong. Go. You're wrong. You're completely incorrect. This is not the podcast to have this debate, <laughs> but I happen to like both Scooby-Doo movies, and you can go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> but uh, here's, here's my question as we're talking about covers. The metric that I planned, uh-huh. the dumb new idea that I had for Song versus Song, which I suspect now as we're talking is probably only going to happen in this episode. But uh, Todd, you've been doing this thing lately. Uh, you've been rewatching uh, Star Trek. Haven't yeah, you? yeah, I have. You're familiar with the um, uh, star of uh, stage and screen, uh, man uh, with uh, great acting talent and uh, full head of hair, William Shatner. Of course. Uh, and we're also aware of the fact that he uh, is known to uh, do renditions. Yes. Popular songs. Including songs we've covered on this show. That's true. My question to you is this. If he were to shout out a version of one of these two songs, or both, let's put it that way. If he was mm. going to shat out Shining Star and Superstition, which Shatner version is going to be superior? By superior, I assume you mean which one is the most Shatnery. That's correct. It's got to be Superstition. Oh. Oh, yeah. 13-month-old baby broke the looking glass. I feel like Shining Star just doesn't really add anything. It's too generic to for a... Uh, Shining star for you to see what your life can truly be. Like, nah, no, nah, I feel like superstition is sillier and they're more fun. Like, the, the, the lyrics to Shining Star are, you know, not particularly amazing. Uh, but- hold on, I want to see if I can... I thought there was one in, in there. Um, <clears throat> and maybe I'm wrong. Why don't you listen to these words of he 
<laughs> Words of heed. That's yeah. not a thing. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah. I guess that's true. All right, so then by that metric, I'm going to say that it, that it comes out on top. There's one other thing I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. I had assumed, rightly, Stevie Wonder, Earth, Wind, and Fire, contemporaries, around the same decade. Yeah. Filling a similar niche. Yeah. Certainly, at some point, one of these folks has covered the other song. Haven't they? Has to have happened. And indeed, I typed it in in, in, uh, in the old YouTube, because mm-hmm. YouTube is uh, mostly evil, but occasionally can be used for good. And in this case, I found a performance, I think from like the 2000s, wherein Earth, Wind, and Fire is on stage with Stevie Wonder, and they're singing like backup for him. Oh, wow. For Shining Star. And the best part of it is Stevie Wonder does not know the lyrics. So <laughs> they take turns whispering the lyrics into his ear and then he immediately turns around and sings it. <laughs> so he's learning the song fucking live. Well, I mean, like, even if he doesn't know the melody, he can just vamp and it'll sound like Stevie Wonder. So it'll sound amazing. It is unreal. Just if you if you type in St- Stevie Wonder Shining Star, you'll find it. Yeah, uh, it is there. And uh, and that was another factor for me as I considered yeah. where these things wind up. All right, so we talked for a while. Why don't we do uh, what, uh, what, the, what the kids at home thought okay. so well, we can I be already, influenced by them? I already uh, sprinkled in a few of them in there, but let me, let me see. Arhanda writes, the bass line from Superstition slaps hard enough to shatter the universe. No contest. I agree. Yeah, that's, that's pretty uncontroversial. Yep, what else? Like Superboy just like broke the universe. Uh, I'll kill you to death. <laughs> That's Superboy Prime. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Ryan C. wrote, and this is interesting. This is a side note he added to his comment that I didn't even write down. He said, side note, I saw Stevie Wonder in concert, and it was the worst show I have ever been to. He did not play Superstition or many other massive hits. He instead did an awful 15-minute sketch about how instruments are too much work, and from now on, he's going to be DJ Tick Tick Boom. What? This sounds like an old man ranting about DJs. About the kids these days and how they make music. Oh no, that's not what I wanted to hear. No, I don't want to hear that. He didn't. He it wasn't always that way. Yes, I'm going to choose to remember Stevie Wonder uh, as the shows that he was known for doing for many decades, mm-hmm. but also quietly put that away in my back pocket and uh, maybe not pay a lot of money to go see him live. <laughs> so thank you for your comment. All right, uh, Jack uh, Jacqueline Saylor writes. I still find it wild that Peter Gabriel who was at the heart of his artsy, Englishy genesis phase at the time of Superstition's release, later became ultimately most famous for a song that's really a blatant copy of Superstition. You didn't realize that before, did you? I didn't before I read that comment. Oh my gosh. Isn't it? Wow. It sure is. It it really is. Thank you for your comment. Yeah. Sorry, Peter bum, Gabriel. Bum, ba, da, da. Yes, yes. Oh, you don't, that, you don't yeah, need to that, go any further. That is 100% true. Yes. Be glad that you're not writing music in 2019, Peter Gabriel. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that, the, you, the, the era of constant musical uh, lawsuits. Yeah, that's got to end. <laughs> the, the, the situation is, is untenable. Yes. Okay. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. N- Nowhere Girl writes... I don't have an opinion on the matching, but I just wanted to mention that the man who sung the Pokemon theme is an avid anti-circumcision advocate 
and wrote a protest parody of superstition entitled Circumcision. If I am to be burdened by this knowledge, then so shall you. Thank you, Nowhere Girl. Yes. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I mean, listen, there's a, there's a, I can think of lots of people that I know that are going to immediately listen to that song. I know a lot of guys have got strong opinions about circumcision. Anyway, so, next comment. Okay. Jesse Hudzik, right? Uh, he says, I had to listen to quite a few Earth, Wind, and Fire songs to confirm something. Earth, Wind, and Fire is an absolutely great funk band with some of the corniest lyrics. We're talking Captain and Tennille, Donnie and Marie, the Carpenters level of corny. That's bold. Yeah. And also, well, you, how dare you come for the Carpenters? <laughs> you know, uh, George Clinton from uh, Parliament Funkadelic, he did not like Earth, Wind, and Fire at all. Like, he called them, like, there was like a feud between them. He called them Earth, Hot Air, and No Fire, which is not that clever, but he, I was like, that's interesting. I wonder wh- how that came on. Because I get, I guess uh, they were Earth, Wind, and Fire were kind of on the pop side of funk. They they tour with Chicago nowadays, which doesn't make any sense to me. That's really, really, really weird. Did anybody want to add Joni Mitchell to the to the list of people with weird corny lyrics? Joni Mitchell. That's right. What you know what it is? It's um. Where is this coming from? It's coming from uh the classic uh film You've Got Mail. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember? There's a part where Tom Hanks makes fun of Joni Mitchell about the I, 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 I never knew clouds at all or whatever that dumb line is. Oh, yeah. I tell you what, I've seen clouds from both sides also. And on the other side, it looks like a cloud. And, so, that's, and that's my point. Anyway, yeah. I, anyway, a, a nice slam on Joni Mitchell. Take that, Joni <laughs> Mitchell. I think, I think that's it. I think we've covered most of the rest. We got covered Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. okay. We were really on it. So, yeah. all right. Oh, all, all that being said... Now, now that we've talked it through, are you still, uh, you still sticking with the earth, the wind, and the fire? You know what? I feel like I should. I feel like I should. Yeah, someone has to. Okay. <laughs> so, are you ready for the worst upset in the history of this podcast? For you know, let's just get it over with. Yeah. For a th- for a total of three hundred sixty four to seventy nine. <laughs> <laughs> It's a, they didn't even clear three digits. Earth, Wind, and Fire don't deserve this. No, they don't. And I'm really mad at all of you. It was like, Earth, Wind, and Fire is not, you know, not that good a band. Screw you. Yes, they are. They're Especially great. you, my little brother who left a comment in the section. Oh, no. <laughs> I recognize his screen name. <laughs> Busted. Yeah. We're going to have words <laughs> this Thanksgiving. Oh, no. That's like a month away. Oh, so I, I, I will. That's the worst. One month is the worst amount of time to know that you have to wait to get reamed out for something. <laughs> Just a terrible length of time. Well, I, I'll probably talk to him before then. Oh, but no, like, don't. Don't. <laughs> Just wait the whole month. Just ice him out. Okay. Let him know that it's coming. Anyway. Okay. I'm well, a, yeah. Okay. For, for the next episode, uh, I suggested this to you a while back, and your face blanched, and I think you were about to throw up. And you know, you. you you said you like to do the happier, the, the more positive ones, but we got to do like a bad one every now and then. All right. I apologize in advance. <laughs> Nobody likes when See, I do when this. I, when I don't like a song, it's hilarious and funny. And when you don't like a song, you get cranky and like no one has a good time. It's true. I'll try it. I'm working on it. Um, yeah. I'm just a grumpy old man who yells at clouds. So stuff, stuff for <laughs> From me. both sides. From both <laughs> sides. Anyway. All right. What is it? Okay. Uh, from the magical year of, uh, I want to say they were both 1998, we're going to do the Goo Goo Dolls Iris 
versus Aerosmith's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Oh, his eyes rolled back into his head, listeners. I hate you. <laughs> and I do hate both these songs. <laughs> I, I truly despise them both. These are two of my most hated songs of the 90s. I just want people to know. <laughs> like, really, like, if I had to do my, my bottom five... I like both these songs. Oof. All right, can't can't wait. What a great balance. You liking a thing and me hating it. It's what everybody wants to hear. Oh man, no, that's uh no, it's going to be great cuz it'll be instead of song versus song, it's going to be me versus you. Oh. <laughs> Pro versus con on both these songs. Oh my gosh. Okay. Uh all right. Well, so that's that is our episode. Uh as always, I want to say uh thank you to everybody who uh listens to the podcast. Uh mm-hmm. as always, uh if you are not subscribed to Song versus Song, there are many avenues for which you you can do that. You can do it on iTunes. You can do it on the on your Spotify. You can do it on I think a bunch of a pod whatever, whatever yeah. the podcast things are. We're on most of them. Uh, if you've never given us a review, think about giving us a review. It does help us out a lot. Uh, and uh, we're going to be doing this thing on Patreon. 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 <laughs> we do a thing on Patreon where once a month we do a patron exclusive episode. And I believe that this month because it is ha- Halloween and there's no musicals out. Yeah, I mean, I I saw a musical. And I'll, I'll probably mention it uh, for for that episode. It's a little shop of horrors. I saw the the on the, Broadway the the, the off Broadway version that's that's um, being mm-hmm. re- revived right now. But we're going to be doing a, a a real classic, a movie called Rockula. Yes, uh, I have never for seen Halloween. it all the way through, uh, so it's going to be a real stunner. Can't wait! It's from the it's it stars the one of the two weird kids from summer school. That are like big horror movie fans. The, the, the movie Summer School, not your Summer School. You don't know. <laughs> it could that could have. I went. Maybe I was yeah. in that movie. Anyway, um, so that's what we're gonna do for that. Uh, if you ever want to be a patron, pa- if you ever want to be a patron on Patreon, on Patreon, it only costs a dollar, and you get this. Ep- you get one episode every month. Uh, the beauty of it right now is if you if you pay one dollar, you get the whole backlog. Uh, so it's a real win for everybody. Uh, and uh, one more thing, I want to say. Um, this is not this podcast. Song versus song is not the only podcast that records uh, at the kitchen table at which we are currently sitting. Uh, we have a sister podcast. It is called the Apocalypse Book Club. Uh, one of the people who does it is somebody that you might be familiar with. That being uh, Nella, Antonella, and Sarah. And the other person is my wife, who we were talking about earlier, yes, Raven Simone. Ra- Raven Simone. <laughs> uh, Raven Lelania Jacobowski. Yeah. Her real full name. Her parents. Her parents. But yeah. uh, they do with this podcast is called Apocalypse Book Club. I mean, it's got nothing in common with ours except for the obvious fact that they're but, both. You know, Halloween's coming up. They're so both if you wanna... amazing, amazing yeah. good shows. Uh, so if you want to give it a shot, uh, the gist is that they are having these cool conversations about every uh, work of apocalyptic fiction in order of release. Uh, and it's pretty great, I have to say. So uh, check that one out. And uh, I guess uh, we'll see you next time during my endless suffering through the Goo Goo Dolls and Aerosmith themed 90s. Good night. <laughs> <laughs>